I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. State to state. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George Bakai, back in the Straight Talk Studios, and I got a special one. I got a lady I'm a big fan of, because you all know me, I'm a fan of women's wrestling, period. Please help me welcome the wonderful, the amazing, I can't intro her as good as my daughter did, but Mia Yim, welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So my first question is, is um, you talked about with my daughter about how your impact reignited that passion that you have for pro wrestling, and mm-hmm. it's because the knockouts division is hands down in my opinion, one of the best divisions in women's wrestling today. From the breaking barriers that they've done to having the first ever matches, like most recently, the Queen of the Mountain match, which you were a part of. Talk to me about how Impact gives women in wrestling these amazing opportunities to be at the forefront, consistently main event, and can consistently keep breaking that glass ceiling that we're never supposed to talk about. So I think the biggest thing is like what you don't see on TV or on the screen, like Gail and Scott, it's really cool to just be like, okay, this is, this is what we want. Go out and do your thing. There's no restriction. Like there's a lot of times, and this is no knock on anybody else, but a lot of the times it's like, okay, we can't do X, Y, and Z because then we don't want to, overshadow like the guys match before us or kind of take away from the main event that's going to be happening things like that whereas <laughs> Gail is very much like no I want the I want the girls to have the best match on the whole card so go do what you want go do what you have to do for that <laughs> so it's really cool that we can get unleashed and just go all out without any restrictions anything to kind of hold us back because like we just want to have good matches, but if we overshadow some of the guys, then, <laughs> you know. It's a win-win. I mean, hey, you can't be mad at that, right? Right. <laughs> so when the release happened from WWE and, you know, you were kind of in that influx in your career, was Impact going back to Impact, going back home, as I like to call it, because I discovered you in your your first reign as a Knockouts champion. I think you were dynamite back then. You're still killer now. You got a lot mm-hmm. more gas left in the tank, 100% for sure. But was Impact always the first choice, like considering going back to Impact? Or were there other options you were looking at where you and Keith trying to maybe stay together so you could be on the road together? Was mm-hmm. that all those conversations and talk? Um, so the thing that I, I always tell people is like, even though me and Keith are together, we are our own separate brands. Um, I never wanted to be, uh, one of those couples that are like, if you book my husband, you have to book me or vice versa, or we're a package deal. I, I, we're not like that. So it's like, babe, you go do, you go do what you got to go do. You know, you're in my opinion, Keith is a much bigger star than I am. And I'm completely okay with that. I'm going to go do me and do whatever I want to do. So I've always wanted, like after getting released impact was the only thing on my mind. Um, just because that's kind of where I started to flourish on t like my first experience on tv was impact um and then you know i have 
all my friends are there. Gail is there. Um, I've gotten real close with Scott. So it, it, for me, it was more so trying to get this under control and relearning just how, how do I say this? Teaching myself that like, I, I can wrestle and I'm, I am, I am okay in the ring, you know? So it's just, it, it's a, it's more of a, a mental obstacle for me where I knew that impact was going to give me that comfortability and the um, trust to just be like, Hey, we're going to, we're here for you. We're going to help you with whatever you need. Like, this is your platform. You go, go do what you know you can do without any hesitation. And like the first couple matches, it was, of course, I, I was just very like, I'm a perfectionist. So I'm like, I know this wasn't perfect, but was it okay? And like, just kind of second guessing everything. But then the more it was like, you're doing great. Like keep listening to the crowd, go do what you got to do. Like you're doing awesome. And we're happy with it. It kind of gave me the, it was a confidence thing for me more so than um, getting a wider platform or money or anything like that. It was just, I, I, I needed impact. And I told Gil this from the jump that like my mental is not, where I wanted it to be. And I knew that they could get me back on track. That's amazing. The create the freedom of creativity is something I've heard from so many of the great roster members of impact wrestling that you're, you're told to go out there. And the great thing is it's not about a pay-per-view. It's not about Thursday nights. It's about go out there and just tear the house down any opportunity you can. Mm -hmm. Is there, um, is there a match right now that you've had in your, in your second tenure? I mean, for me, it's the queen of the mountain match. I thought you absolutely annihilated that. I thought all, <laughs> All six of you tore it down, built it back up, burned it to the ground, then built it back up again. I thought you guys were incredible. Um, but is there any match that sticks out right now in your second run in Impact that you're like, yeah, this is something that really showed me that I am who I am in that ring, which is an absolute killer. And I don't care what you say, because I know it's the truth. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Um, so definitely it's two different um, avenues. So like the Queen of the Mountain match, sticks out to me because I have always been known as not a deathmatch wrestler, but like I was always real. I, I kind of thrived in like TLC matches or ladder matches and things like that. And in this match, I was like, there's so many other bodies. This story is not like, I know what the story was going towards and I'm not, um, it, it, it was to showcase Jordan. Right. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do my thing and do like the crazy two or three spots and steal all of Shelton's moves just so I could be like, I could do it too, Shelton. And you know what, you may do it better, but damn it, I'm still going to steal your, your stuff. <laughs> so, so that was that match. And then I think the top for me would be my emergence match with Jordan because it's the first big pay-per-view match of mine in impact for the second time. And it was a singles for the championship. And it was one of those, to me, it was my own personal test. Like, okay, if I can, we are semi-main, if this match can be the quality of a semi-main or even a main match, like I'll be happy with it. And like hearing the crowd being having the crowd behind me is, it, it is a feeling I can't even explain, but like hearing the crowd watching it back. And my biggest thing, which I think WWE and think like 
WWE has done a lot for me is, is the psychology and putting things together where it makes sense in the transitions. So it was nice to see that, like, instead of doing all the crazy moves back to back, but like have meaning and purpose and a story behind it and like facials and emotion. And it's, I watched it. It felt really good after the match to the point where like Giselle bling empire Giselle uh, was like everyone in the back was applauding you after uh, applauding both you and Jordan after the match. We had um, we had Ar- Scott Armstrong as our referee, like just knowing that even our peers really appreciated and um, showcased the support for the match um, and then watching it back and seeing that it was having a good match and knowing at a good match is awesome, but watching it back and be like, damn, that was really good. And just seeing all the little things that I did that I didn't even think about doing. Um, I think that match with Jordan definitely put, put it in my brain. Like, you know what? Yeah, I got, I still got this and I can still go like, this is, yeah, I'm back. I'm here now. <laughs> I love that. I love how you said that. I'm back. I'm here now because I was hoping you were going to mention Emergence. I love the King, <laughs> I love the Queen of the Mountain match, but the Emergent match, like you said, was incredible. It was my match of the night. For me, that was the one that you, people were applauding in the back. I was applauding at home. I stood up off my couch <laughs> and put my Coke down. I was like, yes, yes. No, it was fantastic. And being a girl dad, like I have two beautiful daughters, one who you met, and I have my six-year-old who's kind of crazy. She's a kid that will be like you, probably going out and wrestling in the streets when she's not supposed to. But <laughs> hey, if it leads her to this kind of life and having this passion mm-hmm. and the energy that you guys bring to the ring, what's it like knowing that you were once a fan preparing, watching these women come up and break barriers, and now you're that kind of role model like do you is it ever surreal to think like y'all I'm a role model like when you see a little girl in the crowd that's got a sign that says I'm here for Mia or you see a girl with a blue wig do you, do you ever get surreal and be like damn man like is she there that's I'm their role model I'm their hero because that's yeah. what you guys are to a lot of kids you're superheroes I still can't believe it because it's like and a, a few of my friends always say like I'm too humble which I can see it but I'm just like I, I, Yes, I'm Mia Yim, but to me, I'll always be Stephanie. And I'm like, growing up, I was always a shy, nervous, just loner type. So it's, and I'm so shy now. So it's always like, I don't know. It's weird to see, not weird, but like, it's surreal. You you said it the best. It's surreal because it's, I want to be, what like China and Lita was to me when I was growing up and to show them that like, yeah, even though, cause there was no, when I was growing up in school, there was no rest. Like we, I wasn't allowed to join the wrestling team. I wasn't allowed to play football. Um, so it's cool to be like, you know what, just because you're a girl, just because you're a female and a person of color, you can do a lot of stuff that is meaningful in the world. And like, I watched this documentary on Netflix with um, Monty Teo. And in the end, he was saying that like, 
everything that you've been like he's been through in his life if there was just one person that he inspired that's who he's playing for and I felt that to my core where it's like yeah like if if one person comes up to me and tell me like you inspired me or you helped me out of this situation or you you make me want to wrestle or whatever the case may be like I my my career is set like I'm good so I just it's interesting and I I still can't believe when like people approach me like thank you so much for doing this like it means a lot to me like I don't know it's it's flattering and I'm just uh, yeah I'm just shy no I can see I can see the shyness and I can see see the humbleness and you know what I'm the same way I've uh I'm one of those people, I'm the most humble people in the world, even when I get a little bit of success, like being a, a local indie podcast from Canada, to be able to sit down and have these few minutes with you, people will be like, yo, you're killing it. That's crazy. No, it's because I've been granted the, it's because I've been given the opportunities. I've, mm-hmm. I've pushed myself. I put myself out there, be given the opportunities so that I can understand being humble, but at the same time, it's okay to flex a little bit, but now I have a serious <laughs> question. I think this is the most serious question that we're going to ask the entire conversation. Who's better at video games? You were Keith. I want the truth. We got to lay it down. Who's better at video games? Okay. To answer that question, I need to know exactly what video game because Keith is really good in, um, like, um, right now he's playing Star Wars. Um, I don't know anything about Star Wars, by the way. Star Wars Republic game or whatever. And then he was playing the uh, Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft. So I think he's more of like the MMO type kind of player whereas i you know everything else i play so i mean i like to say that i'm better but if if i'm playing world of warcraft then i'm trash okay so let's let's roll something simple like do you guys ever play like the need for speed like the racing games or anything like that oh no i mean like i'll play mario kart but like okay mario kart who's better at mario kart you or keith probably me all right, that's good. That's, that's a <laughs> talk exclusive. Keith Lee just showed up. Who's your character? Who's your go-to? Is it Yoshi? Are you a Yoshi? Yoshi. I'm a Yoshi girl. <laughs> so for me, I'm not even gonna lie. Iggy, Iggy Koopa is the best. okay. Iggy Koopa, okay. You got chops. You got moves. So I'm just saying. I'm saying. A couple more questions. I'm gonna let you enjoy your evening. But when you look at your career thus far and everything you've accomplished, which is an impressive resume from all the places you've been and all the things you've done, and I get it, you're humble. When you look back at it, what's one moment where you felt yourself as a performer and as an athlete, because they coincide in this wrestling business, where you Mm -hmm. felt yourself, you look back and you're like, damn, that was the moment where Mia Yim elevated to like 2.0. Like, you know, when you progress and you you break through that ceiling, do you ever have that Mm -hmm. defining moment where you're like, this was the moment where me as a performer and an entertainer and a wrestler, it clicked and we elevated? Mm -hmm. I think the first moment that immediately jumps into mind is um man and I'm like I don't even know if I I should talk about this or not but I'm going to was the please sign me a chat chant that I think it was at that moment that it was like because I've been wrestling about a decade at that point and it's like damn to the point where even the fans want me with WWE and demanded that I get there and it worked was enough for me to be like all this hard work, all the self doubt, the blood, sweat and tears. It all just came together at that point. And it was like, you know what? Now it's time. It's time to, to what would Keith say? Super Saiyan or whatever 
the dress. I we just watched the movie like two days ago, and I don't understand any of it. But it's time to like <laughs> uh, the the glow up. <laughs> I got you. You're gonna go Super Saiyan. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great moment. And I guess my my final question is, if you were to sit down with Gail Kim and Scott Tamore at a boardroom in front of you, and they were to say, "All right, Mia, this is the peak. This is." kind of letting you spin Russia roulette. We're going to give you an Iron Woman match, 30 minutes, any female on the roster. Who does Mia Yim want to stare across that ring when it comes to the knockout division? Can I pick two? Yes, you can. A triple threat okay. Iron Woman match? Sign me up. That okay, bet. Like <laughs> Kim needs to this. <laughs> well, I've already begged Gail for a match and she's not coming out of retirement, so she she won't do it. But um, <laughs> I feel like the perfect like past and future. I would love to do something with Rosemary again. Yes. Yes. And then involve Giselle into it. So it's like my past with Rosemary. Giselle's going to be the future. And it's like, let's just kill each other. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. There's, there's no better way to cap off a wrestling fans, a wrestling fans dream match with you in it than that. I think that's an excellent idea. The first ever triple threat iron woman's match. <laughs> oh yeah. I think you and I just, you and I, we can book, you know, that is you, true. Yeah, let Scott know I'm here. I'm here to book. I'm not, book. I'm not just <laughs> noted. Noted. My, my final favorite ask before I say goodbye. If you could look at the camera and you could just say, Hey guys, this is Mia Yim. You're watching straight talk wrestling. Give my boy George and his daughter a subscribe because they earn that. Okay. It's straight talk wrestling, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Okay. What's up, guys? It's the HBIC Mia Yim, and you are watching Straight Talk Wrestling Podcast. Podcast? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Let me do that again. Take two. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's the HBIC Medium, and you're watching Straight Talk Wrestling Podcast. And if you could give George and his lovely daughter a subscribe and a like, we'll really appreciate it. I love it. That's amazing. Medium, <laughs> you are uh, an amazing human being, a fantastic wrestler, and you can be as humble as you want because I'm going to be. You are a talented, talented wrestler in this business. And I know there's a lot more matches, and I can't wait. If that triple threat ever comes, if that ever comes to fruition, you got to come back on the show so we can talk about that moment. You know what I mean? I'm going to give you that credit too. If it it happens, it's going to be because of you. (laughs) All right. Awesome. And I get one more, one more funny question. You guys talked about what you've been watched TV shows with. What's your Mm -hmm. go-to takeout food? Are you guys pizza? Are you guys Chinese shawarma? Like what's your (sighs) go-to food when you're binge watching, you know, love at first sight? Man, if, if it's a cheat day, his is Whataburger, which I am a fan of. Mine is Jack in the Box. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm Canadian, but I when I go over to the States, I always hit a Jack in the Box first. Oh, yeah. Love that. That is that is the greatest oh, yeah. spoon you can ever get. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Read it hours later, but it's so good when you have it. It is so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mia Yim, I want to thank you so much for this time today. I appreciate you. And now it's pretty cool that I could say, not only have I had a chance to sit down and conversate with Mia Yim, but now she's my friend, and that's <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you next time. Peace.
Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.